welcome to the Drink In Geek Out podcast. This is a show where we drink beer and geek out. This week we have a very special light episode going on here. Very light episode. With Saf right across from me here. Yep. And Keith right across from me. Oh, hi. <laughs> you didn't and mention yourself. <laughs> I didn't mention myself. Uh, I'm hoping they should all know our voices by I now. Hope, but then but again, I don't know. We have new listeners every week, maybe. Who knows? You wish. Um, yeah, <laughs> we do. Um, the We are going to talk about Breaking Bad this episode. The, the TV show. Yes. One of the most <laughs> critically acclaimed TV shows ever. We figured we would cover it. We're both big fans of it. Huge fans. Um, this is a crime drama thriller television series created by Vince Gilligan, who got his start on the X Files. But he didn't—he he didn't create X Files, but he started. He was like the showrunner for like the third, fourth, fifth, sixth season oh, somewhere cool. in there. I did not know that. Yep. But, and then he—he oh, he actually brought a lot of. I never watched X Files, but he actually brought a lot of character, like actors from that show, uh, like okay. guest, different guest stars that were on X Files have been had, like major characters on Breaking Bad. Nice. This aired on AMC January 20th. Um, by this, I mean Breaking Bad, not X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> Flip back. Uh, January 20th, 2008 to September 29th, 2013. There are five seasons with 62 episodes. I feel like there's more episodes than that, but... I don't know. That's Wikipedia. Hmm. Tell me that. You want to tell me about the plot? Sure. Breaking Bad follows the protagonist, Walter White, played by Brian Cranston, a chemistry teacher who lives in New Mexico with his wife, played by Anna Gunn, and teenage son, R.J. Mitty, Mitt? Mitty. Mitty, who, uh, who has ce- cerebral palsy. White is diagnosed with stage three cancer. Is it stage three or stage four? I thought it was stage four, but I mean, this is directly from the AMC website. So stage four is a lot worse. Um, he was diagnosed with cancer and given a prognosis of two years left to live with a new sense of fearlessness based on medical prognosis and the desire to secure his family's financial security. White chooses to enter a dangerous world of drugs and crime and ascends to power in this world. The series explores how a fatal diagnosis such as White's releases a typical man from the daily concerns and constraints of normal society and follows his transformation from mild family man to a kingpin of the drug trade. So it's a pretty interesting plot. He goes from a nerdy chemistry high school teacher, high school teacher to one of the like worst people you'll ever meet, basically, by yeah. the time the show ends. So... I mean, I love seeing that transition slowly over mm-hmm. the five seasons. He just starts out in his, like, little mustache and glasses. Yeah, his little mild manner, you know, looks like he could be pushed around, you know, yeah. like a typical family guy and just... To the shaved head with... Well, by the end, he's got, like, a bushy beard and stuff, but he shaves his head and he looks, like, all badass with a goatee. All right, some accolades. Breaking Bad is widely regarded as one of the greatest television series of all time. By the time the series finale aired, it was among the most watched cable shows on American television. The show received numerous awards, including 16 Primetime Emmy Awards, 8 Satellite Awards, 2 Golden Globe Awards, 2 Peabody Awards, 2 Critic Choice Awards, and 4 Television Critic Association Awards. For his leading performance, Brian Cranston won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actor in, in a Drama Series four times while Aaron Paul won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series three times. Anna Gunn won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series twice, and in 2013, Breaking Bad entered the Guinness 
world records as the most critically acclaimed show of all time. Wow. A lot of awards there. Mm-hmm. Especially Brian Cranston. Yeah. I mean, he goes from Malcolm in the Middle to this, and, yeah. like, nobody expected that. Uh-uh. Not even the series creators. Which he's we'll such a into. he's such a funny, goofy guy. Yeah, in real life and like yeah, and in to see him previous acting turn roles, that on and off to go from like the yeah. serious guy to like it's very believable too. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, do you remember how you initially got into the show? Yes, Netflix. That's <laughs> how I got into the show. Actually, it was all you guys talking about it. Um, they're like, oh, this show's the greatest show ever. You guys got to watch this show. You got to watch it. You got to watch mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, eh, eh, eh. Never got into it. So I waited until the until Netflix. Yes, it was already over. Um, so it must have been 2015, I would think. So after, or maybe 2014. Yeah, I think. So it was it well done. Mm-hmm. It was if it was done in 2013. So I think I watched it at least a year after it was done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because by the time it gets to next week, it's usually like a year later. Yeah. And since I have summers off, not really, but I do, I have more time to watch. So I'm like, you know what? I think I'll watch. Mm-hmm. I'll try Breaking Bad since everyone says it's so good. I started it and I finished it very quickly <laughs> to the point I watched all 62 episodes within two to three weeks. Wow. That's and I just wanted over more. Over 62 hours, hours. Well, around 62 hours. 62 hours I spent mostly watching that just over and over and over. I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so addicting. Yeah, I mean, they do a good job of making you want to be like, what's happening on the next episode? Like, mm-hmm. just the flow of the show. And then when I initially started, it was when it first aired, like, on AMC. The first episode, I watched the premiere, and I was like, what is this going to be, really? Because... At that time, right. nobody, knew. nobody knew. AMC wasn't like a huge thing at that time. It didn't have like Mad Men and Walking Dead and all those hit shows. So I'm mm-hmm. like, um, I mean, I liked him on Malcolm in the Middle, but then I saw commercials for this. I was like, what is this? This is going to be a huge <laughs> failure. <laughs> like, this guy, really? And then I watched the first episode. I was like, holy cow. Like, this is something big, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And like, it was a short first season, only like seven episodes because of the writer's strike. Oh, and, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. And, like, by the time that in episode where he's, I think I think that finale is the one where he, like, blows up the, is it Tuco's office? Or, like, he, yeah. he like, walks in there like a badass, throws that sh- The that little bomb, bomb there, or whatever it was, yeah, on the was building. Like, oh, my God. Now I got to wait a year to see to what see happens. What happens. <laughs> and then I didn't have cable anymore, so I waited, like, three years. To... Yeah, you waited a long time. <laughs> and I was like, God, I got to f- catch up on that show, because... By that point, you're hearing all this stuff. It's like getting all these awards, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to just go buy the DVDs. So I started collecting the DVDs and catching up that way. But Yeah, I don't know how anybody else did it without doing it the way I did. I'm like, man, I just want more and more yeah. and more. I couldn't wait from week to week or year to year for that right. matter. I mean, that, it was a long wait because you watch those seven episodes, and it was like a year and a half for the, until you, yeah. the next season even premiered, and then... I couldn't even watch it then. Um, we mentioned him a little bit, but I guess we'll talk about Brian Cranston. He plays Walter White. Sony and AMC were initially reluctant to cast Brian Cranston because of his previous comedic roles. They approached John Cusack and Matthew Broderick for the role <laughs> of Walter White. When they both when they both declined, Vince Gilligan was able to cast Cranston, and thank God I they know, did. I, I couldn't imagine the, Matthew Broderick or they're John all Cusack. Like, yeah, they're both washed up at this point. Yeah. And, I mean, people don't really know who Brian Cranston is compared to those two, but 
also just trying to picture either one of them in the role it'd be a completely different show very different i it would probably not be a hit at all with no i don't think anybody would even care um then we have jesse jesse played by aaron paul jesse pinkman was originally slated to be written out by the ninth episode but during the hiatus caused by the writer strike vince gilligan impressed by aaron paul's portrayal of jesse decided to reinstate the character yeah i remember reading that that they originally wrote him out of the show but he did such an amazing yeah, job because the first season was meant to be like a normal like 13 12 episodes and then by the ninth episode he would have been gone and by the end of the season we've we would have already had heisenberg at that point and yeah. we would have he would have already took the um walter white would have already took the turn to like where he is by the end of the series they would have sped it up like that, and then. Oh, he, wow. But the writer strike caused him to reassess the situation and then String slow it, it down yeah. and like work out these characters, get to see mm. their lives a little more. I really wonder where they plan to kill him off in the ninth episode. Is that where he came with his Aztec? Yeah, and I'm hit, trying to think. Where he was in the middle of the street, and I think he came and ran over whoever was about to kill him. Probably. I think that's the only mm-hmm. part that's standing out to me right now that I would think. But. I mean, I don't necessarily. It doesn't really even say they're going to kill him out, kill him off. They could have just been like, he leaves and goes back to living his family with yeah, his parents or whatever. But I think around the ninth episode is when he gets kicked out of his parents' house too, and mm-hmm. then that's when his kind of downfall starts. And... Well, I could see them use that as well as it happens later on in the series that the people that Walter changes and affects their mm-hmm. life and or kills. Um, <laughs> And how it affects him and makes him continue doing what he does, or change for that matter. Yeah, you can see a lot of people around Walter get drugged down to his level. Mm-hmm. Like, he turn, ruins a lot of these people's lives. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> um, and we can talk about Skylar a little bit. I don't really have the little sentence for her, but we can see, especially in her character, most of the people watching the show hate that character, mm-hmm. even though... She's in the right, really. Yeah. It's just she's annoying because you want to see Walter White do what he does. That's true. But she's, like, getting lied to repeatedly. He's doing illegal acts. He's killing people. And then you're like, get this bitch out of here. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, she's the only one that has, like, um, a conscience. Really. Mm-hmm. No, she helps to stabilize it, I think, um, as being annoying. But that would be true. I mean, if you would put this in a true situation if your husband's going off doing this stuff. Yeah, she's he disappears be... for nights and you don't know where he is. Exactly. And I mean, you're... she played the role well. It's just... Why is she nagging him all the time? <laughs> like, well, because he's got cancer and he disappears for nights and doesn't show up. And like, yeah. you don't have any idea what he's doing, where all this money's coming from, that he's buying a fancy Corvette. Well, he hid the cancer for a while, didn't he? Yeah. He, for, I, I think the season first season... He, re- he didn't reveal that right, to her. At least. But still, like once... She then he's lying to her. It's like all the time, mm-hmm. all constantly. The, yeah, and then by the time like the third or fourth season is, he finally reveals what he's doing, and they kind of start working together. And it's very awkward, but they work together. Yeah, and they don't get along. He forces but, it because yeah. <laughs> she kicks him out, and he's like, uh, calls her bluff and moves back in like a couple <laughs> days later. And she's like, "Well, all right, this is. I guess we're gonna have to do this." Then we have Walter Jr. played by R.J. Mitty. R.J. Mitty has cerebral palsy in real life. See, there I go. I can't say the word. His case (laughs) is much milder than Walt Jr.'s, though. He had to learn to walk with crutches and slow down his speech to play the part. (coughs) 
and he does a good job. I with think that he, too. yeah. And this is I don't ever seen I've never seen him in any other role besides this, so I don't know mm-hmm. where they found this kid, but I think he's great. And then I love how he he'll like talk back and be like mm-hmm. put people in their place. He's like the only one that has a sense of what's going on. I feel like right between. Um, Skyler and Skyler Walter. and Walter, I can never remember her name. <laughs> um, with them fighting all the time, he comes in as the voice of reason mm-hmm. and just like tells it like it is. Yeah. Like what the rest of us are probably really thinking. Th- yeah, like, he is kind of like up. what the audience is thinking. <laughs> Even though he doesn't, he, I think he, he has idea that there's something going on with his dad that he's not telling, but yeah. he, he and he just kind of goes along with it. Next, we have Hank, um, played Hank. by <laughs> Dean Norris. Prior to being cast in Breaking Bad, Dean Norris had a history of being typecast as law enforcement in military type characters. Oh, he doesn't play one of them. Oh, wait, he does. He's a DEA agent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Norris reasons, I guess you have a certain look. It's kind of authoritative law enforcement type look. And that look is certainly the first thing that people cast you in with before you get a chance to do some real acting. Vince Gilligan had talked to an actual DEA agent about creating Hank's character. Hmm. So he's kind of based on reality. That's, I would say somewhat. I don't think by the end of the series he's probably heightened or whatever. But He does have that look, though. He and does. He has like, been cast since then as those roles. He's been in a couple other things. Uh, right now he's uh, in the Big Bang Theory oh, really? as one of the... Um, the guys are trying to work for the military, and he's the consultant, of the course. general, of course, that's on the show. So, yeah. I know I, funny. I'll see him in stuff like older stuff from 10, 20 years ago, and I'm like, oh, there he is. He's a cop again. He's much skinnier, but the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's younger looking, but yep, he's playing a cop again. Like everything I, I've ever seen him in. He would be one I thought they would have cast um, for Gotham to be. Um, oh, the. I know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. The. The bald guy that came in, who was the for the guy from the Shield, the Shield, yeah. <laughs> but then again, he played the same role in the Shield. So, so yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. But I could I see, see him either one that, doing that. Yeah. He could have. He was probably busy. I'm sure uh, with Under the Dome or whatever that dumb show was. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't last very long. His wife is played by uh, Betsy Brant, um, Marie. Uh, I don't really have anything to talk about with no. her. She was kind of annoying. She's very annoying all throughout the I show. I remember she was like a klepto there in a couple seasons. And I, don't think, I think they were just trying to give her something to do. Yeah. <laughs> there was really no reason for her to be there except for to tie Hank to, because she is Skylar's sister. The, the, that's they're, the only the reason same, yeah. she exists <laughs> is so that Hank could be somehow related to Walter. Yeah, and she's just as annoying as Skylar, yeah. so, if not more. And then we have Saul Goodman, played by Bob Odenkirk. His first appearance was in Season 1, Episode 8. It was called Better Call Saul. That was Better the Call Saul. title. <laughs> oh. Better Call Saul. Uh, the character was originally intended to appear in only three episodes of Breaking Bad, but instead became central to the narrative of the series. Odenkirk described Saul in Breaking Bad as a front who seemed to enjoy being a showy cheeseball. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. He is, mm-hmm. um, he's a great character. I'm uh, so glad they kept him on. Because right off the bat, well, I recognized him from other sh- like like comedies and stuff that I've seen. Mm-hmm. He was a writer on SNL way back when. But his character is just brings something new to the show, like lightens it up a little bit, adds some humor, but it's mm-hmm. also like 
dry humor or whatever. It's <laughs> it, it's good. Like, well, it's cheesy. But, cheesy, yeah. <laughs> uh, he he plays it well. And again, another comedian coming in and mm-hmm. doing some acting. Some... Although he's not very serious in this. I mean, no. we see flashes of it towards the end. And then uh, his spinoff, you really see. Oh it, yeah, I think where he does an amazing mm-hmm. job on that. But, Almost uh, Brian Cranston esque, but right, um, <laughs> taking these comedic like actors and turning them into something serious, that... giving them Emmys, yeah, something. And then I don't know if we'll ever see him become like the movie star that Brian Cranston's turned out to be. Probably not, though. <laughs> Probably not because he's so he's like one character. Yeah, he is. Um, but I'm I'm glad they kept him for more than three episodes. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, the show would be completely different. And we wouldn't have had the awesome spinoff that we'll talk about here in a future episode once I catch yeah, up. A future episode, yeah. Once everybody's caught up. Um, that show takes place six years before Breaking Bad, so I'm mm-hmm. wondering if they'll just end it at six seasons. No, no, they are. Um, are they like short? I, I've watched all the. <laughs> are they slowing the, down the timeline? To they're start? getting to a point where we're at a crossover. He goes. Eventually, we will be in the time of. So we'll see what he's doing while Perhaps, Walter's yes. doing what he's he doing. He said that time is coming. He goes, we've been trying to slow it down, but there will be a crossover and we'll eventually, hmm. we'll get there. He said, it's coming. I'm not sure how they're going to get there, but they said they'll be there eventually. Hmm. So Will they pass Breaking Bad and we'll just go from where he's like working at Cinnabon and That's, see what he's doing? I'm, I'm thinking they will eventually, so we'll have to see that. Or I don't. I guess it depends on if it's like, still a hit show or if it's like breaking bad and they'll just cut it off at five seasons or, yeah or whatever i mean they could speed up the timeline and we could see or whatever yeah and well with a couple of the characters they're saying well as much as he's involved with you know like this one character who was not in breaking bad mm-hmm. like the blonde they'll um, have to kill him off it's or like something. Where, where is or, she during right. the events of all of this mm-hmm. so we're slowly seeing his transition to becoming Saul, Saul Goodman. <laughs> he's not, not there yet. Slipping Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. He's not there yet, but we're getting so close, and that's going to happen here. And once that happens, I'm sure it'll probably be a few years or so with his, um, with him, with his business mm. first, because he was pretty well off by the time yeah, Cranston showed up. His, Walter showed up. As his a, practice, and his better practice, call, yeah. he was like known as Better or better Call Saul, and not Jimmy right. McGill or whatever. Yep. All right, enough about that. Yep. Another <laughs> great to... oh, character yes. from both shows. Both shows. Mike Ehrmantraut, played by Jonathan Banks. His first appearance was season two, episode 13, ABQ. And then the last, season five, episode eight, Gliding all, gliding Over All. Mike is a former police, Philadelphia police officer who normally works for Los Polos Hermanos as the head of corporate security. In reality, he is an assassin and enforcer in Gus Fring's crystal meth operation. We'll get to him in a second. Mm-hmm. On occasion, he works for Saul Goodman as a private investigator, cleaner, and fixer. The script originally called for Saul Goodman to show up to teach Jesse how to clean up the crime scene when Jane dies, but Bob Odenkirk was busy, so they brought on Mike for that episode, that character of Mike, so... I won that. Whoa. I included this because I'm wondering if Bob Odenkirk wasn't busy, would we even would see we Mike? Would we even see Mike? Oh man, that, I wouldn't even watch Whoops. this show if that was the case. I know he is like one of the best characters. I'm so glad that they brought him in for Better Call Saul, and I was. It makes me even more sad for his conclusion after watching some of the episodes from Better Call Saul and see how his life ends. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, we see so much in Better Call Saul. I think you've got that far to get his background with the mm. Philadelphia, how he gets into Los Pollos, and how his relationship with Saul. And it just really completes everything from Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's, it's awesome. He's a great character. That, uh, well, just specifically on Breaking Bad, his interaction with Jesse is like some of the best parts mm-hmm. of the fourth and fifth season, I think, yeah. when they start like hanging out and he's like a father figure almost Absolutely. in a way. Somebody but, watching out for him. So I'm so glad we have that character. We have Gus Frame. Fring? Fring? I don't know. It's not Fring, but I think it's Fring, 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 Fring. <laughs> um, played by Giancarlo Esposito. His first appearance was season two, episode 11, Mandala. Last was season four, episode 13, in Face Off. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Because literally. <laughs> That's Face what off. the title is, and uh, it explains exactly what happened to him. I didn't realize that was the title of the show. <laughs> that just made that so much better. Uh, Gus Frain was originally supported to appear... Supposed to appear, not supported, supposed to appear in only three to four episodes. Giancarlo Esposito was asked to return for seven episodes in season three. Esposito refused to return unless he could appear in more episodes. He ended up appearing in 11 episodes in the third season. So Again, another one of these actors where it's like you're only meant to see him for a little bit and then they stick around and become like... Because there's so much ma- potential. Yeah, yeah, major plot points and like move the story in a way that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. I know, and I'm so glad that these people decided to stick around. <laughs> right. Although it sounds like he seemed to force this one. Right. Like I want to. I stay want on. to stay. I need the money. <laughs> but uh, just seeing his background and his operation too, and he's yeah. kind of uh, like Walter White in a way. He's, yeah. He's got the front as the family business owner, mm-hmm. and then behind the scenes, he's one of the drug kingpins. So yeah, he's. Uh, pretty dynamic character and they're starting to introduce him to yeah i haven't got to that uh, yet and uh better call Saul. so we're starting to learn his background of that as well but they do go into that in breaking Mm -hmm. bad we learn more about his background we see a lot of him yeah so i'm curious to see how they fill that in more on the Mm -hmm. the spinoff show but he's one of the great villains i'm glad that they did keep him around yeah i like to see him kind of Get his comeuppance at the end, too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I just put in here a little note. Do we have any favorite episodes or moments or anything? It's been a while since I watched yeah, the show, so I was trying to remember, too. I love, well, just we just got done talking about it. Face off. <laughs> yes. Just at the end and how they did that. And, well, I think we're beyond I, spoiler alerts on this, but. Oh, yeah. Um, we can. When <laughs> the old fart, I can't think of his name right now. Yeah, in the little um, chair. Ringing the bell. And then after the explosion, when he walked out, I go, no way. <laughs> this is bullshit. He yeah. can't be alive. And, and then, then he they, turns his head. He's missing half his face. The thing, I love that, but it was spoiled for me because I was watching Walking Dead. And a commercial for that showed that exact they moment. They showed that moment? They showed him walk out and Why then half of his face that? missing. I was like, what the hell? I haven't got to there yet. Why oh, would you show that? I'm glad I didn't see that because <laughs> I was thrown. <laughs> yeah. That was so cool. I knew it was coming, but I didn't know when. Well, then I saw the episode title. I was like, oh, I bet it's this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking, I think it's the first season where they <laughs> – Melt the guy. Yes, in the in bathtub. The toes, and then he falls through. <laughs> that was like one of the first moments that uh, I, that got me like, oh man, I got to keep watching this. 
It's hilarious where they're trying to be drug lords and then they don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I told you a plastic tub, not a bathtub. And there's other moments uh, when the like RV is locked up like in, in impound and they mm-hmm. have to that, spend that like whole episode trying to get it out of there. Yeah. I like that, that episode too, but that was one of the middle episodes. Then, of course, towards the end, with his talk with Skylar, I am the one who knocks. Yes. <laughs> that whole speech. So yes. I was like, oh, this is so cool that we see him like, okay, he's officially... He's uh, he's there. Um, he's Heisenberg gone at that complete moment. villain yeah. at this point. And just seeing him and the emotion, the raw emotion behind all that, it's just like, wow. Where everything comes to a head. Where he finally confronts and probably yelling at her. So I'm sure that's why a lot of us enjoyed that <laughs> yeah. part. But... Um, Wanted yeah. to see her get yelled at for no reason. She didn't really do anything wrong except for annoying. <laughs> yeah. By being just trying to be normal is what she's yeah. trying to do, but it's like <laughs> inevitable. All right. I got some trivia, like Ooh. little facts here. Um, one I want to mention, I don't think I wrote it down, but the old guy that blows up Gus, mm-hmm. he was supposed to be like the main villain initially before, like if Gus would have only been on three episodes, ah. I th- he was going to be like one of the main villains. So I think that's why he's on Better Call Saul quite a Cause bit. Because he is the main villain pretty much in that. <laughs> they finally get to use that storyline, I feel like, yeah. that they were going to use. And it's weird show. not seeing him in a chair and not talking. Yeah. With his mouth off to the side and drooling. I'm like, oh, he's a normal human being. <laughs> yeah. There's one episode in the second season of Better Call Saul where he's like yelling. And I'm like, oh, he's going to have a stroke right now. <laughs> and we're going to find out why yeah. he's in the wheelchair. I was like, oh, nope, it didn't <laughs> nope, happen. Not yet. Going to have to wait, I guess. All right. Um, I guess we'll do every other one. I'll start it. Sure. In an interview, Vince Gilligan admitted with the writer's strike that shortened season one ended up benefiting ended up benefiting the show. He'd planned for Walt's evil oh I, I did mention this evil side to emerge in a shocking season finale. The strike led the right the strike led him to write the evolution much more gradually. Yeah, that would be weird if that ended right there at the end. Yeah. Well not ended, but he was exposed it right there at the end and became who he was. Um, second one here, Jesse and Walt Jr. are the only regular characters from the first season who never meet <laughs> each other in the series. Wow. Yeah, when I read that, I was like, really? And then I thought back, I was like, well, I guess... I remember him being at the house, but RJ or Walt Jr. wasn't there at mm-hmm. that episode. You're right, it's yeah. Kind of that's kind of funny that they never cross paths. <laughs> I think it's something you wait for like the whole time and not even realize that it doesn't happen. After binge-watching the entire show... In the span of two weeks, sounds oh, like you. Yeah, this was me. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins wrote a growing, glowing fan letter to Brian Cranston, praising him for, and his fellow actors and for their incredible acting, as well as lauding the rest of the crew, comparing the series to a great Shakespearean or Greek tragedy. Ooh, I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, he's got a point. When characters on the show are smoking meth, they are actually smoking sugar or rock candy, but do not inhale. The candy meth is produced by the Candy Lady. A local shop in Albuquerque. That's kind of cool. I bet that shop does tons of business. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> it's probably like on the front sign, like, come get your Breaking Bad meth here or yes. something. <laughs> uh, Aaron Paul says the word bitch 54 times throughout the series. Bitch! <laughs> I really thought it would be more. That's not even once per episode. <laughs> uh-uh, no. I'm sure we could probably get on YouTube and somebody's got all oh, the, the bitches. <laughs> uh, what are those called? Shortcuts? cuts um, yeah short whatever yeah <laughs> super cuts super cuts that's it like a hair place 
the White's address, 308 Negra Arroyo Lane, is a private residence. The residents have had to do with fans recreating Walter's famous pizza throw <laughs> onto the house roof and conducted media interviews asking to be left alone. Uh, they, in hindsight, I'm sure they probably screwed that up. <laughs> well, I guess that was an accident. He was just meant to throw it up in the air, and it landed on the roof in the first shot, and they just kept that. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and now these people are like, Get the hell off my lawn. <laughs> but I'm thinking that, in hindsight, I don't think he would use somebody's real house then at yeah. that moment and be like, why don't you do, like, a vacant one? <laughs> maybe it was at the time and somebody bought it. Right, in, it could so. have been. I mean, it was like they'd shot this in a neighborhood at a real location, and yeah. then someone moves in there and don't even realize, like, oh, shit, now we've got a pizza on my roof every week. <laughs> in 2005, after Showtime, TNT, and HBO rejected the initial pitch, for the series, FX stepped in and immediately began development on the plot. They eventually passed on the project in favor of the well-loved Courtney Cox show, Dirt. <laughs> oh my god. I don't even remember that. In a, bit of, in a bid to draw more female viewers, according to Vince Gilligan, HBO showed no interest even on the pitch. TNT loved the idea, but said they couldn't air a show with a crystal meth dealer as the central character. Of course. HBO is probably kicking themselves. I know, because like, this is such an HBO-like show. Mm-hmm. Um, I can yeah. understand TNT not wanting it, but being yeah, mainstream cable, it's kind of hard to get that on. Yeah, this this is built for HBO. I mean, because it's almost like a rated R show as it is. It just they tone it down one notch or so because it's on cable. Um, the first episode of season two is called Breaking Bad Seven Thirty Seven in 2009, which foreshadows the plane crash at the end of the season. When combined with the other episodes that flash forward to the plane crash, the titles read 737 down over ABQ. Episodes 1, 4, 10, 13. Wow. I know they do a lot with the titles, and fans have picked up on it, and they thought... I saw a couple interviews, and they said, there's no way they thought anybody would ever figure it out. He goes, but we have underestimated our fans <laughs> and how yeah. obsessed they are with this shit. If you, if you leave a little clue out there on the internet, someone's bound to find it here eventually. But And then once there's one clue, they'll over or they'll look at every single moment of every, the show and yeah. be like, oh, no, that's a clue. That's a clue. Um, this is the dumbest thing I'd had to add. Yeah. Walter wear, White wears briefs, also known as Tidy Whiteys. Tidy Whiteys. Walter Whiteys. <laughs> I was like, why would you include that in a trivia list? But I included it in mine. <laughs> okay, we've got a few more facts. These are more geeky t- in tone, so Ooh, I, put them like in those. A, I put them in a different <laughs> category, but you can start. Um, in the beginning of each episode, the chemical formula C10H15N, along with the number 149.24 and the word meth, can be seen just before the title Breaking Bad appears. The C10H15N is the formula for methamphetamine, which has the molecular weight of 149.2. Wow. Yeah, they throw all these like weird... I think they had like an actual chemist working on the show to kind of make sure things were accurate. Yeah. And then they would throw in, like, little things like that or like this. Bromine, BR, is used to quench fires in Halon. Mm -hmm. Barium, BA, is used in pyrotechnics, including thermite interestingly enough. enough. (laughs) I thought it said intensifying for some reason. (laughs) Breaking Bad, BR, BA, seems to be... 
seems a reflection of Walter's conflicted mind on manufacturing meth because of creating fires and putting yeah, them out. Putting them out. So <laughs> BRBA, the two formulas. That's kind of cool. Uh, the series ran for 62 episodes. The 62nd element on the periodic table is samarium, an isotope of which is used to treat various forms of cancer, including lung cancer. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know if that was intended, but that's interesting. That's really fact. weird. Um, Walter White's alias, Heisenberg, is a tribute to Werner Heisenberg, I assume. It's not Werner. Werner, Werner. I think he's German, so Werner. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. Yeah, hurts. <laughs> Who formulated the uncertainty principle, which states that it is impossible to determine simultaneously both the position and velocity of an electron or in, or any other particle with a great degree of accuracy or certainty. Hank Schrader's family name is also related to chemistry. German scholar Gerhard Schrader accidentally discovered the first nerve gas. <laughs> uh, here's my favorite. Samuel L. Jackson showed up unannounced during filming of Pollos Hermanos set one day, dressed in his Nick Fury outfit from the Avengers. Both, produce, both productions were happening on the same studio lot, and Jackson wanted to be an extra during the scene being filmed. The producer denied the request for uh, Nick Fury to appear on the show. That'd be great. <laughs> I, know, I would have <laughs> died. Nick Fury's eating chicken in like, the back in the of the background, sitting in a, like a booth. <laughs> I was like, I would have put him in there. Like, um, Breaking Bad takes place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, could you imagine the spinoffs? Well, and then, like around Albuquerque, New Mexico, is where we find Thor's hammer in mm-hmm. that crater. <laughs> that would be great. Ugh. Have Walter White show up. <laughs> to pick up the hammer. Yes. <laughs> oh, the highest rated episode, Ozymandias, 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 and the least rated episode, Fly, are directed by the same director, Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson directed The Last Jedi. Oh. Yeah, that's why I included that. So it's either like... going to be really good <laughs> it or it's going to be really could be the bad. best Star Wars or the worst. <laughs> oh, man. But um, in... Related Star Wars news, he's also creating a new trilogy of Star Wars movies. Oh. We'll talk about that in a future episode. That's just a little... Teaser! <laughs> ...thing I heard the other day. Neat. I guess they liked him so much directing this one that they gave him his own <laughs> trilogy to work with. I, is it a post-trilogy? I'm so confused. It, it's unknown at this point. It's not it going to... another It's prequel. not going to include the Skywalkers, so... Oh, so it's its own... Thinking is it's going to be like... Legend like Legends of the Jedi's like way back. Night, Ooh, that would be nice. Like Jedi Knights or whatever. That'd be cool. Like way history. It'll be a prequel, but it'll be so far like before anything we've ever seen or known. Those are the thoughts. Nice. Um, we also have a beer. I don't know if we've mentioned it. I don't think so. But on this show, we do drink beer. Oddly enough, <laughs> that's what the drink in stands for. <laughs> if this is your first episode. Um, this is called Breaking Bud. It's from Knee Deep Brewing Company, Fine Craft Beers. Knee Deep Brewery is located in California. It is a family-run, independent microbrewery that was born in the late summer of 2010. When Knee Deep first started producing beer, we started out contract brewing, contract brewing our beers at Mount Talic Brewing in beautiful Lake Tahoe. At first, we only sold a few styles of beer, 
kegs only with the Reno, Nevada uh, market. We soon began to flourish much faster than anticipated, and that's when all the fun started. So in Auburn, California. Yeah. Way far away. <laughs> all right, as we said, we are drinking their Breaking Bud. Um, this is an old school meets new school in this fresh approach to the classic IPA. At 50 IBUs and 6.7% ABV, Breaking Bud features the restrained bitterness and alcohol of a classic IPA with newer tropical fruit hop flavors and aromas of mosaic. Also in the hop mix are Simcoe and CTZ, creating layers of mango, passion fruit, pine, and dank. <laughs> a malt bill with a pinch of crystal malt and a hefty dose of flaked wheat keeps the better, the beer crisp while adding flavor complexity cheers to the past present and future so the malts used crystal and just jumps to crystal <laughs> crystal malts um and hops we have simcoe because crystal meth yes <laughs> and simcoe tc ctz and mosaic uh they got to put something crystal in <laughs> I read a little bit more on this website while you were talking, so I wasn't listening, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but we recently celebrated our seventh birthday, and we are excited to announce that you can find our beers in 30 different states. Canada, Australia, Japan, South Korea, Thailand, Singapore are also part of the distribu distribution network with more to come at the end of 2017. The one thing that will not change at Knee Deep is quality of our product. We continue to brew great beer and receive recognition and awards, both locally and nationally. Um... And then I also read on the bottle it says they won a bronze medal in the American IPA category at the 2016 Great American Beer Festival, which is really cool because the little he's wearing here he's wearing <laughs> he's a little wearing the... bronze chain around his neck. So this bottle is pretty amazing. Yeah, um, it's Breaking Bad themed, thus Breaking Bud. So the BR and BU is in the little the breaking periodic B -R -B -A table. BRBA font. Yeah, you, you would see the, that you would see in Breaking Bad. It's in a desert. It's got the little van and little um, <laughs> tanks of hops. Oh, it's got like their logo on the van instead of like the RV or whatever. Yeah. The, instead of being like the meth cooking RV, it's like a brewery van. That's cool. Maybe it was supposed to be the Los Pollos truck. <laughs> Probably. Uh, who knows? But the little guy wearing the little Walter White outfit the, yeah his the what hazmat he, suit mm -hmm. with the gas thing on his head yeah he's got a hop angry hop face that you can see on a couple of the other beers have that same kind of head on it but not wearing yeah. walter white's outfit but it's really cool i surprised he's not wearing the tidy whitey is yeah that'd be even funnier <laughs> um yeah it's a really cool bottle i saw it and i was like oop we're doing a breaking bad episode here eventually so gotta grab that gotta grab that i don't know if we were planning on doing a breaking bad episode but i saw this and knew i had it too We've had it sitting next to us here for a few minutes, and the aroma. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. It smells I so smelling good. it while I was talking those last few minutes. It's amazing. And the head has stayed on the entire yeah. time. It's got one like a creamy IPA head that's mm -hmm. typical, typically found on an IPA. It's a little like cloudier than... Yeah, very cloudy. I can't even really see my hand through it when I hold it up to the light. Mm -mm. But it's like an orange, golden, pale color. Love that smell, though. That typical, as you said, creamy IPA. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a sip. Yep. Tastes like fruity. Did you get that? Mm hmm. Very light, too. It, oh, that's good. Like a light mouthfeel. <laughs> Very light. Um, I think I read in here, yes, mango passion fruit. Mango. That's what, I'm, that's what it is. I, I thought I read fruit in that description. 
I wasn't listening, remember? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good thing we're a podcast and you go back and listen to this episode. <laughs> I'll edit it and I'll hear it a bunch of times. Man, this is really good. Tropical hot hop, tropical fruit hop flavors. Definitely. And I, yeah, it's the mosaic aroma that that's the like the mosaic moon or whatever that mm-hmm. it kind of smells like that. Yep. For somebody who's not a big fan of IPAs, I know you and I originally weren't, but I think they've been growing. We've been us. getting into them the more we <laughs> we have these like specialty ones. This does not have a lot of the hoppiness it that doesn't. I was expecting. Um, for only fifty IBUs. I was expecting a little bit more, mm-hmm. but I guess that fruit... I think the fruit really covers that it. up, and really there's like not even a bitter aftertaste that I'm noticing. No, but we've, I've only taken like two sips, so maybe by the end I'm like, ugh. But right now, I mean, it tastes almost like orange juice or something yeah. in a way. I mean, don't get me wrong, the hops are still in there. You can still mm-hmm. taste them, but it's not overly powering as many of these other IPAs that we've had. It's like um, I had a... Beer Mosa a couple weeks ago. It kind of reminds mm-hmm. me like yeah. this would make a good one. Yeah, this is really good. I'm gonna try to find him on the rate sites. But while you do that, I will tell the adoring fans at home what uh, Untapped says. <laughs> Out of sixty-four thousand ratings, average score of three point nine four. We have one friend, Patrick Dortry. Doherty? Daughtry? Doherty. I'm sorry, Patrick, if you are listening to this. <laughs> he I doesn't do apologize. Um, butchering your name. He ranked it a four. So on average, about a four. Not bad. Beer Advocate has a 4.15 out of five. Exceptional, with 80, 866 ratings. It's a, Its ranking is 1,605. I don't know what that means, but... <laughs> <laughs> And to switch over to the rate beer, it's got an overall 98 and a style of 98. So that's pretty damn high. You can't get much higher than that. No, not at all. That's really good. It says serve it in a shaker or tulip, but I've got a pint glass <laughs> as per usual. Pint works. There's only 272 ratings, and the weighted average is 3.77 out of 5, which I'm not sure how it can be a 98 and only be... Rated at 33.77, but I guess I don't know all the ins and outs of how rate beer I don't understand does most stuff. the stuff that happens. I'm not a geek enough, I guess. We're not geek enough. And also, I didn't. we didn't really mention, and it's. I think it's pretty obvious, we don't need to mention it, but Breaking Bud, it's because of, they're taking a shot at Budweiser with that name. Yeah, breaking <laughs> out of the Bud, trying to... <laughs> Expand your horizons. Mm-hmm. Which I think this dis- destroys anything that Bud produces. Mm-hmm. Except for if you buy something that one of their craft breweries <laughs> That's true. that they, that bought, they up, bought up, that they don't actually make themselves. Although they did come out. I'm sure you've, well, you well, you don't have cable, so you didn't mm, see the commercial. I haven't seen any commercials. They from... have a new um, pre-prohibition, they call it, Budweiser Amber. I think it's I a read recipe from about like that. 1917 or something mm-hmm. that they said that they found and they made. It's an amber. I don't know. If I can find a bottle, I'm going to try it. Well, <laughs> that'll be a but strange brew. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it in like a 12 pack, but I'm like, I don't want to buy 12. I know. Please. I just want to try one. That's so, how they get you. Yeah. Uh, I 
don't know if we mentioned too that this is a bomber that we are splitting oh, you're right. 22 ounce. But I've um, only seen it in bombers, but it says on their website if I can go find out how to go back there. Do, 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 do. Well, if they're from California, I would imagine bombers would be the easiest to transport. Probably. I'm. It said their sizes underneath the the types of beer, and I didn't read them because I was switching between different things. And now it's going super slow and doesn't want to open back up, so I guess it doesn't matter that much. <laughs> this one calls us a dippa. Very good dippa, not too sweet, lots of hop smooth finish. I don't think it's double. What was the ABV that you told me that I wasn't listening? 6.7, although Untapped has it as... Uh, this is 6.5 on the bottle. So, yeah. So the description on Untapped said 6.7, the bottle, and the overall on Untapped says 6.5. So. Someone messed up their little blurb on there. So I don't think it's a double IPA at 6.5. That I think this person doesn't know what a dipa means. Dipa. It's not even a ip. It's an a IPA, American IPA. America. America. Which is weird. American India Pale Ale. Yeah. <laughs> Should be a West Coast IPA. <laughs> Literally coming from the West Coast. Um, not seeing really any good comments. Yeah, I was scrolling through. I couldn't find much. Everybody's like, "Damn good beer, West Coast." Like, uh, okay, thanks for your input. A person on BA also called a delish, deliciously malty dipper, even though when you check it in, it says the style is an IPA. <laughs> yeah, I gotta find out. Untapped. I haven't got that far yet. Yeah, I'm ready to hit submit. So I haven't even got there yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap this up here shortly. Once I locate the beer. Alright, I'll let you go first since you beat me to it. Well, I went 4.25. I went a little bit higher on this because finally, I think out of all these IPAs I've had, the citrus with this one sits with me and yeah. not so much the bitterness. Um, not really throwing the bottle into my ranking as well, like Pale did that one episode. But, <laughs> um, the bottle's still pretty cool. The bottle is great. but um, That's what drew me in to begin with, so... Just the aroma, just having this mm-hmm. one sit out like we did, and I mean, don't get me wrong, it was less than ten just minutes. Wafting just it into our faces, wafting <laughs> into my face, and just the smell of it. I'm like, okay, this is this is good. This is good. Um, so the smell drew me in, and then with the creaminess that it has with it, and that citrus that really cuts the the bitterness. Mm-hmm. Um, I ranked it. This is pretty high for me for an IPA. Um, I gave it a just a straight four, and I'm pretty much agreeing with everything you said. I'm, I'm getting to a point where, I'm, looking for more hops now. Yeah, <laughs> you before, are. Before I'm like, that's too hoppy. But at this one, I'm like, there could have been, like, four is a great score. Don't get me wrong, but I could have taken a little more hops and a little less fruit if I would to change anything at all. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I like the way it is. I mean, it's great. It's different, and like, there's a lot of that kind of tropical fruity flavors which I like. But I feel like just a little, like one more hop in there might be like a little garnish on the side of my glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just sprinkle a little bit of hops over it. <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, that's really the only complaint. If I had to say something, that's what it would be. But, I mean, this is super drinkable. The bottle's awesome. Fair um, enough. I would recommend it to pretty much anyone. 
Yeah. Unless you're not like into the more fruitier, because mm-hmm. it is a lot fruitier than I was anticipating. Yeah. Because looking at the bottle, it doesn't say anything about that. It just says American IPA. So I would not expect it to be quite this like kind of sweet tasting. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's great. I like how your flavors have or your tastes have <laughs> changed. Well, now you're looking for more of that. So yeah, that's why I ranked it higher because a little bit of the fruity, and you went mm-hmm. down because you want more hops. That's really cool. How much we have changed over the past year it doesn't help that <laughs> I had a couple IPAs earlier today. That, oh yeah, and so I kind of have true. that kind of taste already in my mouth. So maybe that's why I'm like, could be. It's it's throwing me off just a little bit. I, if I had something like pretzels or something in between, maybe it would change. But no, definitely a great beer. I would Absolutely. I would drink it again in a heartbeat. Check this out, especially if you're in those other countries. <laughs> Singapore or <laughs> Seoul, South Korea or whatever I said. Um, that will wrap up this episode. And here shortly, Keith and I are going to do our Assassin's Creed episodes that we've been <laughs> we've been talking about for, I don't know, a year maybe. I've been talking about doing this, but thankfully you're jumping in with me on this one, so it's not an hour of Keith just geeking out. <laughs> Although it may end up being that anyway. Yeah, because I've never played any of the games. I'm just here to ask questions and learn. He's so. going to be my, uh, oh, God, <laughs> the teacher for like an assassin. Uh, I'll be your apprentice. Men- apprentice, <laughs> there you go. I'll be the master assassin. Yeah. I will be your mentor. God, I don't know anything. <laughs> well, look for that episode coming out here soon. Yep. All right. Take us out, Keith. Not like an assassin. <laughs> You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DrinkInGeekOut. You can also check out our show notes and updates on DrinkInGeekOut.us. You can subscribe by clicking on the links on our website or by searching DrinkInGeekOut on iTunes or Google Play Store. To suggest a beer for us to review, you can email us at DrinkInGeekOut at gmail.com or tweet us using the hashtag DrinkInGeekOut. And if you like the show, please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Thanks for listening, and until next time, drink up and geek out. Pacific Beer Chat brings together a collective of West Coast beer bloggers sharing our opinions on events, issues, and well-crafted brews. We hope you will check out the podcast at PacificBeerChat.com and the Pacific Beer Chat on social media and podcast apps, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music and Stitcher. Music is by Conundrum. Welcome to Sweet Beer Chat. Proud member of the Hopped Up Network.